Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From pieces of Eden, solar flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or She Cup, and I am one of the co-hosts for this show. And I'm your other host, uh, Austin Ortica. Yeah, so last week we were here doing a character deep dive on one of the most iconic Templars ever, Juhani Otzoberg. And so today we are going back to our modern day assassin cells and we're going to learn about another one. So Austin, um, I have no idea which one we're covering. I just know that we're covering one of them. So why don't you take it from here? So fun fact, this cell does not end in tragedy. However, I know that it is also involving William Miles, so that is a tragedy for me. (laughs) Just briefly, he's fine. But, so, we will talk about this. This is Gavin Bakes' team. So this team is also known as the crew of the Altair 2, which is a boat. And it was an assassin cell operating in the 2010s, mainly after Desmond's death. So it it is the largest cell we've talked about with a total of nine members. We're going to talk about eight eight of them, but one shows up, but I didn't include her because she will become a central character as we continue to talk about the other sh- cells. So she'll get her own info later on. But so that's one of the largest cells we've talked about. And it is also one of the on- one of only two cells that are led by a mentor of the Brotherhood. The other one being William Miles' team. So let's meet the team. So obviously, first we have is Gavin Banks, who is the leader of the team. He spent most of his childhood in very crucial parts in Japan. He was also close friends with William Miles. He took over as mentor of the Brotherhood when William Miles left the Order after the death of Desmond. While William, Desmond, Sean, and Rebecca were chasing down the Grand Temple, Gavin and his team were attempting to keep the Brotherhood together. And so Gavin, fun fact, can also use Eagle Vision, though not as flawlessly as Desmond or his ancestors can. And the reason for this is suggested that he trained himself to use it rather than being able to innately use it. That's really impressive, I, uh, to be honest, wouldn't have guessed that that would be possible, though. (laughs) Right. Um, It's interesting. Some theories suggest that he has just a very small portion of ECU DNA, not as large as the others. But those are other things. Uh, He is also a talented free runner and is fluent in Japanese, which makes sense because he grew up there. So the next one is Susan Susan Drayton. Uh, She was a member of the Canadian Brotherhood. And she kind of serves as 
Gavin's like lieutenant. And she is the first member recruited by Gavin Banks. Then our next one is uh, the navigator of the Altair 2. His name is Eric Cooper. He is actually one of the first transgender characters in all of Assassin's Creed. And that's really all we know about him. I wish we knew more about him. That's awesome. Yeah, I really want to learn more about Eric Cooper as well, which we'll get a little bit about him later in the episode. But our next one is Emmanuel uh, Barazar. They nicknamed him Manny. Uh, He's an ex-soldier and he is an armor and weapons instructor. But he also ironically holds a vow of nonviolence and pacifism as an assassin. Can I just ask, how does that practically work? Is he just like Sean and does computer stuff or, or like how do, how is that justified? He trains other people in weapons, but he doesn't actually fight or do any kind of violence himself. Interesting. And this is because he was an ex-soldier and he was part of the war, the war on terror. And in one mission and deployment there, He was forced to basically kill a bunch of bomb-triggered children on a bus heading for a settlement. And he had to do that to protect the settlement. And after that, he vowed never to engage in violence himself ever again. I mean, I respect that uh, principle. Right. But the reason he stayed on is because he believes in what the assassins are fighting for and he believes in their end goal of peace which i think is probably fair so our next one is emmett leary he is a former abstergo employee a genetic memory researcher who worked on the animus project and he actually left abstergo he quit abstergo which i didn't know that was something a person could do well, you know, everything in the lore leads you to think that you either always work for Abstergo or you die in the line of duty or you get killed. Right. So he leaves and like Warren Vidic's like, yeah, go ahead to leave. Like just sign this NDA and we'll be fine and you'll be fine and you can move on in your life. Well, Emmett kind of has a good head on his shoulders. And he basically starts getting paranoid that Abstergo is watching him. Which is true, because they were. And so I guess you're not really paranoid if it's true. And then they attack him and he's saved by Gavin Banks. And that's how he gets into the fold. Uh, And then we have Dr. Stephanie Chu, who is nicknamed Chewy. And uh, she's the medical... Officer, she went to an Abstergo-funded university to study medicine and biology and all of that. But she found, quote-unquote, Abstergo's view of the world boring and not interesting. And so she started researching other things and found her way into the Assassins. And then we have Nodar Design. He's the steward of the Altair 2, and he was a former sumo wrestler. And he left that because of politics and corruption among the sport. Whatever that means in sumo wrestling. If you're a sumo wrestler and might understand what he meant, go ahead and let us know. And uh, he also has, with him, he brings his younger brother, Akai. 
he is similar there, though he is a uh, he's the chief engineer of the Altair 2, and he's noted for being a film aficionado. So that's the team. Do you have any uh, thoughts about the team? Um, my only thought is that I love that Dr. Stephanie Chu's nickname is Chewy. That's amazing. I love it. For sure love it so much. Um, also, I do think it's interesting that Nodar brings his sibling Akaki. Um, I, I feel like this is the first time we've kind of seen somebody bring their sibling along um, to join the cell as well. So I feel like that's notable and just something I wanted to to kind of bring up. Yeah, definitely. Any other last thoughts? Otherwise, let's go to the mid-break and then we can get into their uh, developments. All right. Let's go to the mid-break. Makose! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! 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 I get the sense you two are ill-fit for whatever it is you're plotting. <laughs> this one takes us for a fool, brother. We sons of Ragnar have this well under control. No, we do not. Sons of Ragnar. I know of many, but never have I heard of dull and duller. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we talk about all the things that have to do with the Assassin's Creed lore cast and not necessarily the lore of Assassin's Creed. So the first thing that I have to tell you about is that you should join our Patreon. We do have a Patreon and we do monthly patron episodes. And so if you join us at the $20 tier or higher, you can come on the uh, patron chat every month and we will talk about a topic of your choosing. And it's a great time. It's so much fun. And then the next thing I have to tell you about is that if you can't support us financially, we totally get that. Times are hard for lots of people. And the best way to support us not financially is to leave us a great review and if you leave us a review with words and five stars we will read it out on the show and so i do have one to read today this one comes from nikkei 2010 and they said greatness love the plethora of information given with each episode eagerly look forward to new episodes thank you so much we're so thankful that you took the time out to to give us a review and then the other things that I have to shout out are that you should join our Discord server. It's a great place, my favorite place on the internet. And you should go check out our new website if you haven't done that yet. It looks awesome. Big shout out to HIT Media Solutions, which helped us create the website. And then the last thing that I have to talk about is my playthrough, which to be quite honest, we had a super busy weekend and I just haven't had time to make any progress in my Black Flag playthrough as of yet. And someone has been hogging the Xbox. That's true. You have been playing Wolong something of something? Yeah. What's it called? I'm pretty sure Wolong maybe. Uh, it's called the Fallen Dynasty. It's all about... The Fallen think, Dynasty. Think like if you have played uh, Sekiro or Sekiro, however you pronounce it, uh, that game. Think kind of that game, but Chinese and during the Three Kingdom period of Chinese of china and that's what it is it looks very difficult it definitely is difficult i don't find it as frustrating as like dark souls or elden ring mm -hmm. because yes the bosses are hard but they're like a puzzle you just have to figure mm -hmm. out the timing 
and the strategy and what approach best works. And then they once you once you unlock the puzzle, it's a lot easier. And then it just comes down to RNG or your skill or paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully next week I'll um, have been able to get some time to get back into Black Flag and I'll have a new update for you. Yeah. But other than that, that's all the stuff I have for the mid-break. So let's get back into it, Austin. All right, let's do it. Me, Haytham. I come in peace. Why are you speaking so slow? <sighs> Sorry. What? Um, I, I was told you could train me. No. Go away. I'm not leaving. Bianca! Bianca! Is everything all right? What do you think? Look at this place. I'm poor Bianca. If something's happened to her... Aha! Oh, my darling. Thank God you're all right. Ezio, meet Bianca. Bianca, Ezio. Charmed. So, the first in their, like, overall activities, like I said, they do have some involvement prior to, like, Desmond's death, but not a lot. The main thing that they are involved in is that in 2012, Gavin's team is moving around America, basically hitting different Templar objectives or strongholds or other things like that, and basically drawing attention away from Desmond and his team. And this is how they're able to move across the country without Abstergo kind of zeroing in on them. So it kind of explains why, like, Abstergo is having a hard time pinpointing Desmond and his team in Assassin's Creed 3. So yeah, that's how we know that D Desmond was able to move freely in America in Assassin's Creed 3. So this is important to note that after... Desmond's death, William Miles is obviously distraught. And we can talk about another time in his character deep dive, like if he has a reason to be distraught or not. But he decides to step down as mentor. And he basically goes to Gavin and says, you're the only one I trust to do this. I'm stepping down as mentor. You're now mentor. Basically, here's my codex. Have fun deciphering it and planning the future of the assassins. And then William Miles pieces out. As William Miles does frequently. Yes. I do. Um, I find it frustrating that he's so willing to give up so easily. Um, I feel like he does this on Desmond. I feel like he. I feel like he doesn't really ever stick with anything other than the assassin order in general. I don't know. But we all know how I feel about William Miles. So maybe I'm not the best to, maybe I'm not the most unbiased person. <laughs> right. I mean, he is kind of terrible. Next, we have basically, so Gavin is basically tasked with his team and basically like, okay, I'm going to decipher this codex that William left me to try to figure out what our next step is. And so he basically figures out that the team needs to go to Osaka, Japan. 
And he basically leaves behind Rebecca and Sean to be his eyes and ears in America. Which I just think is so interesting that the mentor of the assassin like leads what's probably like a central place of the world at this point with the America. Like I know we talk about American centrism, but we're a big country with a lot of power and a lot of resources. He leaves two assassins to basically watch over the whole continent. Yeah, I I agree. It doesn't really make a lot of sense um, to me, but I guess I can also see it. Like if you think that what you're doing is so, so important and you have to figure it out right now, like I can understand. It's not like he's just abandoning the country. Like there are other people there who can help if things go wrong. Right. So, in 2013, the team arrives in Osaka, Japan, and Gavin takes uh, Emmanuel and Eric to the Brotherhood location, only to discover that the entire Brotherhood has been decimated by Yakuza thugs. At first, they think it's the Templars, but after investigation, they realize that it is Yakuza. Uh, so Gavin orders his team to stay behind and watch for any survivors or the Yakuza group that is responsible so the team learns quite a few things one emmett learns that a ruthless accuser branch known as the on gumi had been wiped out by a violent gang war but interestingly enough their business fronts were still operating so Emmanuel basically tracks their financial transactions at this point and discovers that they have a new base though he can't find any mention of the new leader. So Gavin kind of takes this decision to be like, okay, let's just like enough like subterfuge, enough like trying to find the needle in the haystack. Let's just go to the haystack. Let's just go to this HQ and demand to be confronted with this leader and everything. So on December 17th, Gavin and Emmanuel head to the Yakuza HQ to demand a meeting with the leader, which let's just talk about, like, that's ballsy to me. Like, for those of you who don't know, the Yakuza is kind of like the Japanese version of the mob. Yeah, I was going to ask that question, but also it's really interesting to me that Gavin takes Emmanuel with him when Emmanuel has, like, vowed that he'll never be violent again. So if the shit hits the fan, Gavin is the only one who's, like, going to be fighting. Right. So they meet a guard named uh, Kiyoshi Takura, who Gavin provokes into attacking him. Well, he is friends with William Miles. Yeah. (laughs) So they basically have this kind of fight and it's kind of going on. Um, And basically, so Emmanuel also speaks Japanese. And they are talking with him and they're, he, as these other Yakuza people are coming out, they're talking about like, Hey, like, they basically say, like, the grandmother's not going to be happy with this, based, especially since the effort she took to hide the brotherhood, is what they say. So Manuel at this point, basically stops as, like, Kyoshi is beating the crap out of Gavin. Because Kyoshi's, like, 20 and Gavin is, like, 45. So it's not going well for Gavin. So Emmanuel basically, like, stops Kiyoshi's strike and, like, reveals his finger, like, that he's missing a pinky, basically, and says, like, we're assassins. Like, what? 
what's happening. And so it is revealed that the Assassin Brotherhood actually took out this Yakuza gang and adopted their identity. And so Gavin and his team are taken to meet with their leader, uh, Sakio Matazuki, uh, who is this new has kind of adopted this role as a new mentor. So like, this is important that we're going to use this term mentor. And I know when I did the Assassin's Cell, we talked about there's only one mentor. But after the Great Purge, things kind of like fell into disorder. And William Miles kind of took hold of like the Western portion of the Brotherhood and kind of focused his efforts there. But the rest of it kind of like, no one knew what was happening. So people just stuck up and took the roles so i use the role mentor but it's not the same as like saying like she controlled all the brotherhood she was just the leader of this sect right and so for me it kind of makes sense because i feel like the asian and the eastern brotherhoods of assassins have always kind of done their own thing like we do see some crossover with like Shao Jun and and I think that's the one that Ezio trained and Mm -hmm. just some of the people that come to like the European places that we've seen in game and so they like come and then go back and they evolve on their own it feels like so it kind of seems to me like this is a natural progression of that yes very much so very much so so uh the two leaders basically exchange information and Gavin basically gives uh, Sayako the knowledge to, he gives her guns and supplies and basically sets her up with a contact in the Philippines that's going to supply her with more guns and supplies and basically reestablishes the Japanese Brotherhood and like, or a Southeastern Asia Brotherhood. And she provides Gavin with a new animus and some information that Abstergo is planning something big that we don't know what it is, but they're planning something big, which I would assume at this point it is probably Project Phoenix is what they're planning. So then Gavin, after deciphering more of William Miles' codex, basically comes to the conclusion, okay, we need to go to Russia because William talks a lot about Russia and he his work there. And we need to go there to make sure to find out what's happening. So do you have any thoughts on the mission to Japan before we move on? This is a really interesting mission. Um, It's not at all what I would have expected. Because I know we talked about like the Bloodstone unit. They're an American unit that goes to Vietnam. And so that I'm not necessarily looking at that as an example, but just kind of that's the one that's in my head. Um, And this is a completely different, like this mission is completely different from the Bloodstone mission. Um, And it's striking to me, I guess, that like the Yakuza, they are like basically kicking Gavin's ass and they're still able to like come to a compromise. They're still able to come to a place where they're like, okay, we all agree on this. This is the best thing for both of our groups. Let's move forward. Um, which the Bloodstone unit could never do, to be frank. <laughs> right. Well, let's also remember that there is a chockload of mental instability among the Bloodstone unit. That's also fair. <laughs> Very fair. And the Bloodstone unit is an arm of the CIA. And the Bloodstone unit is an official assassins either, which is fair. All good points. But yeah, so they decide to go to Russia. 
And so he takes Emmett and Emmanuel to Moscow. It is here that we are introduced to the ninth member of the team, which is Galliana Vorinia, which we talked about last episode in Ottoberg. She, her name has come up quite a lot. She is a pretty involved modern day assassin, especially post Desmond death assassin. Um, and she requ- requested help in assassinating her mother. And I put long story. So this we're going to go all the way back to our Animus episode. Vorinia is the name of the mentor of the Assassin's Brotherhood in Russia who succumbed all of her members to the Animus testing and went insane via the bleeding effect. Do you remember talking about this? I do. Is So is that the same person? Yes, her mother is the person who did that. Oh, and so that's why she wants to kill her mother. Yes, because they need to take down the assassin. They basically need to come down and take down the assassin uh, brotherhood. And basically the team goes in, they recover this, like they try to save who they can. They end up having to kill some people who will not cooperate. And basically after that, um, Gavin is pretty shaken by his encounter with the Yakuza. And so he says, I need an enforcer because, you know, Emmanuel is useless to me in the field. Um, And so he asks Galliana to join the team as the enforcer. And she agrees, uh, but she agrees on the condition that they set up a lasting brotherhood in Russia. So they basically contact Sayeko as they're trying to like salvage the assassins and put them together. And with supplies from the Southeast Asian Japanese Brotherhood and Sayeko and that they're able to reestablish the Russian Brotherhood. And then Galliana joins the team. And it's at this point that Gavin says he's heard rumors that William Miles has reappeared as an assassin. It has stepped back into the fold. And so Gavin is now pissed. And he is basically like, I am so sick of deciphering your riddles. He basically tasks his team with finding William Miles. And that's their next thing. Would you like to know what my response to that is? Um, It's probably something derogatory about William Miles. No, actually, it's that Gavin is my new best friend. Because of this. <laughs> Can he join your club? Oh, I think he might need to be president instead of me. <laughs> no, we all, if we're going to pick a character to be president of the William Miles hate club. To if, be fair, there's only one person that deserves that title and that's Desmond. That's what I was going to say. Desmond Miles <laughs> deserves that title. Absolutely. So, we're heading to Norway. So as I said, fed up with Will, with. William's supposed return to the Brotherhood and his failure to contact Gavin, uh, Gavin instructs his team to track William down. They find him in a bunker in Norway. Uh, Gavin and William then come into a yelling match where Gavin basically vents to him that he basically left him and left him this mess to clean up and refused to help. And just lots of stuff going on and he's mad at William and he's like, I've been out here 
try and keep this brotherhood together. He's like, I know you lost your son, but we really needed you. And you weren't there. I mean, he's right. He's right. I I don't believe for a minute that if someone else's son had died and the exact same situation happened to Gavin or, or anyone else, William would have expected them to continue on with their duties, would have con- expected them to continue on serving the Brotherhood and would never have given them time to to grieve or to, you know, take time for themselves or anything like that. Right. So I think Gavin has every right to be upset. But also, like, at some point we have to talk about, Bill, your son died to ensure that the Templars didn't win. The least you could do is honor his memory and keep fighting. Fair. But they end up putting aside their differences when Rebecca Crane comes in and basically report that Gavin's team has a mole. And so William then like basically like freaks out and goes to his full like paranoid mode, whatever. And he starts interrogating members of Gavin's team, excluding Galliana because she joined later and the mole, the reports that were being late to this group called the initiates were happening before Galliana joined. So she's exempt from being the mole. So they find out that it was Stephanie that was sending reports to good old Chewie and to a group called the initiates. William then orders Galliana to kill Stephanie right then and there on the spot. Which prompts Eric to confess that he was also an initiate and that he had been compiling the reports and Stephanie was just uploading them to the server. It is then that Gavin calls off the execution, setting that it was a ruse and that they wanted no conflicts with the initiates. They just wanted to work together and that they were never going to execute any of them because Rebecca had noted that the initiates are not a harmful group that they're working like for, toward the assassin's same goal. So what are the initiates? They what is are, that group? They're a group of like hackers and other things going on with that. We'll talk about them one day. Um, and they're like assassins that aren't officially assassins. So they're not affiliated with the Templars. No. So here's my kind of response to this scenario. First of all, how presumptuous is it of William to go in there and be like, well, I've been gone this whole time that you've been doing stuff in Japan and Russia, and I don't really care about any of that, but you have a mole on your team, and I am now going to interrogate every member of your team and tell you exactly what to do about it. I just think that's annoying, and if I was Gavin, I would be really pissed off at him. Right. So Sean and Rebecca are actually pretty pissed at William's behavior in this. Um, Which I think respectfully so. And I think that probably Sean and Rebecca are the ones who keep William from overreacting because they're the ones who, I guess, have the like privilege, I guess, of being more can having more candor with William Miles than someone else could. Sure. Whatever. Right. Um, but obviously like they're not, Rebecca's like, what the hell are you doing? And there's all that. So do you have any last thoughts about that before I kind of get up to like where they are now and the wrap up? Yeah. My only other thought is I just feel like this situation would really destroy the team. 
especially if it's like a ruse to kind of flush out the mole. I, I feel like I would be really upset that someone's threatening to kill me when they actually weren't. And so I feel like this would have some some devastating effects on just like whether or not the team can trust each other. Well, after this, basically, Gavin and William basically decide that this team has too many assets in one place. And so they start to divide up the team and they start going to other places. So eventually they wrap up all their exploits. And in 2018, the Altair 2 is transferred to Layla Hassan and her team as they begin on their journey through the Mediterranean and all of that. And so the team, the only person from this story that really ends up in that team is Kiyoshi Takura. He comes to basically come and work with Layla. And then Daliana moves on to other cells. She basically goes around to be an enforcer, a hitman. She helps with Bishop, who we haven't talked about yet, but we probably will. Bishop, who coordinates with Sean and Rebecca and what's called the um, a lot of the animus work of Syndicate and Unity. Bishop kind of leads that, and Galliana is kind of her enforcer. She's the one who fights Otto Berg under Buckingham Palace. She's the one who recruits Charlotte de, de la Cruz. She deals with that. Uh, she's kind of everywhere. She's kind of like the assassin to Otto Berg. Like wherever Otto okay. Berg is, wherever Otto is, Galliana is. And then uh, Gavin is still around, but we have not seen him in the new timeline other than he makes an appearance in the 2020 book as AC Gold, which I have not read yet and has not been updated in the wiki yet. Sounds like we'll just have to get that book and read it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I really enjoyed this episode. You told me that William Miles is going to be in it and I was super skeptical and like because everyone knows how I feel about William Miles, but I really enjoyed this one. Um, Gavin Banks' cell doesn't end in tragedy, which you said earlier, and so I love that. Yeah. They just kind of, like, decide, like, we've served our purpose and our assets are better used somewhere else. Which I think is, like, mature and smart and tactical. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, thanks for uh, doing the research and bringing this episode. This has been a good one. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at AC Lorecast. If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light.
Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Rummer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using threecountthoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>